Experience the magic of the holidays at the Bull Run Festival of Lights, Northern Virginia's largest drive-thru light show. Drive the festival route from the comfort of your car. Turn off your headlights and just follow the magical glow. Ooh and ah through the winter wonderland where it's always snowing and see the tallest light display yet. Purchase tickets today at BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. That's BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. Northern Virginia's largest drive-thru light show. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. You're about to experience the life-giving teaching of Bishop Kevin Foreman, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Center. To find out more about Dr. Foreman and Harvest Christian Center, visit our website at www.harvestcc.me. And no matter what, remember, love God, love people, and love life. Say we are Harvest. Are Are y'all ready to get into the Word tonight? Awesome. Lift your Bibles high, and we're going to make our confession of faith. Please remain standing. And also, this is a general rule of thumb. Just remain standing. When you know I'm getting out the pulpit, that means we're getting ready to get into the words. So just keep on standing up. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Lift your Bibles high. Let's make our confession of faith together. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. It gives me abundant life. I am not just a hearer of the word. I'm a doer of the word. This word teaches me that I am more than a conqueror. My spirit and my mind are prepared to receive and apply the message. Remain standing. Go to Genesis chapter 11. Genesis, the beginning. Somebody say the beginning. Sometimes if you go back and check the beginning, you can figure out why things don't work in the middle. Just look at your neighbor and say, check where you started. Mm-hmm. See, if your foundation is shaky, then, then, then it, it'll make sense why midway through something may, may, may get you kind of off course. See, if your friendship started wrong, if your relationship started wrong, okay, so Genesis 11, so we're going, we're going back to the beginning. But, but now in chapter 11, there's something I want for us to see. Say, we are harvest. Genesis 11 and verse 1, it says, Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they dwelt there. Then they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had brick for stone and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face over the whole earth. Look at verse 5. But the Lord came down to see what they were doing. He came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. Uh, Verse 6. And the Lord said, Indeed, the people are one, and they all have one language. Now, here's the part I want you to see. Say they are one. Now, this is God talking. So what they were doing was so incredible and so, uh, 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 and so profound that God himself stepped out of eternity into time to look down with, at what they were doing. Church and neighbor said, that's some unity for you. That, that, it, it, you know it's got to be powerful when God himself says, I want to see what it is that they're doing. 
Now, you got to remember, this is the same God that spoke into nothing and created everything. This is the same God that created the planets and hung them with his mouth. This is the same God that, that created you. And the scripture says the hairs on your hair are numbered. Which means every time a specific hair falls out, the heaven knows that hair number 4,325,812 fell out. This is that God, and the people were one, and it was so incredible that that God said, I want to go see what they're doing. And when he looks at what they're doing, his report is, indeed, the people are one and they have one language, and this is what they begin to do. Now, God didn't have an issue with the fact that they were doing something great. He had an issue that they wanted to do something great without him. Look at your neighbor and say, it's all right to be great. Just don't try to do it without Jesus. Don't, don't. There, there's nothing wrong with wanting to be great. There's nothing wrong with saying, I don't want to be average all my life. There's nothing wrong with saying, I don't want to struggle all my life. But just don't think you're going to get that done without Jesus. And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one and they all have one language. And this is what they begin to do. Now, watch this. This is God talking. Now, nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. God, I wish I had some folk that spoke to King's English here. God said, these people are so unified that there is nothing on the face of the earth that when they say they want to do it, that they can't do it. And I just need to know, do I pastor a church full of people? Like the people in Genesis 11. Let us go and subdue a region for our God. Let now, nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Father, help us move in what you've ordained for us to move in tonight. We are harvest and we shall walk in the great exploits that you've called us to walk in tonight. I declare that we are ready and open to receive your word. And it is in Jesus' name we pray. Somebody shout hallelujah. As you take your seats, I five, two, three people tell them values matter. Values, values matter. Uh, last week, we talked about how as harvesters, we think ourselves happy. Anybody been doing that this week? Oh, just five of y'all, isn't it? Anybody else been thinking yourself happy this week? Now, this series has been designed that we've been in, has been designed to help introduce to some and fortify to others who we are as a church. So we are harvest. And this fourth message, I want to teach us that values matter. Say it with me. Values matter. Now, watch this. Identity theft has become a very prevalent crime in the world. In fact, I've been a victim to it myself. Anybody else been a victim to identity theft? It, it's very prevalent these days. It's very pervasive. It is when a person pretends to be someone that they are not in order to reap the benefits that the person they're impersonating would experience. I'm going to say it again. It is when a person pretends to be someone or something that they are not in order to reap the benefits that that person they're impersonating would experience. Meaning that when identity theft occurs, they are committing identity theft because their credit's no good, but yours is. And they want to experience life as if they had good credit. Are you still hearing what I'm saying? The problem is that pretending doesn't work long term. Now, you said, Bishop, where are you going with this? What are you talking about unity and then identity? Where in the world are you going? What's the correlation? Listen, often people attempt to modify their behavior, and that doesn't work long term because many of the issues that we face aren't behavior issues. They are identity issues. Okay, I think I'm going to help somebody in here tonight. I feel it right here. 
Uh, you can modify your behavior all day long, but eventually the fruit that you are will be produced because all you did was paint an apple. You never changed the type of tree that's okay. And so this is why it's sometimes difficult for people to serve Jesus because what they're really doing is modifying behavior. They're painting fruit, but they're never fixing root. And because you never fix root, eventually you get tired of identity thieving off of somebody else. <laughs> you get tired of pretending like you're somebody else. And so the root has to change. Let somebody say change the root. So, 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 so the issues that most of us face aren't behavior problems. Their identity problems. Please understand. In nature, because sometimes when people have behavior issues, sometimes uh, if you've been in church uh, for any amount of time, sometimes it, it, you, people say, "Just I need hands laid on me so I can have this come out of me." Here's the issue: in nature, we don't see that happen. Okay. When's last time? Uh, maybe you, you, it, this wouldn't be apropos, but let me just say this: the church doesn't get calls. At least I don't know about them where we get invited to a farm so I can cast the spirit of the cat out of the dog. I, I don't know. Maybe somebody watching online because we got a lot of people traveling and watching online. So maybe somebody online is familiar with that, but I'm not. Maybe somebody watching in Memphis is familiar with that, but I'm not. Maybe somebody in Dallas is familiar with that, but I'm not. I have never, ever had to go to the zoo and they said, you a preacher? Come here. Come cast the spirit of the whale about this giraffe. You know why? Because when a thing knows what it is, it automatically changes what it does. You're not hearing what I'm saying. See, what really is in you is a king. And since you are a king, I'm not becoming a king to act like one. Because I am one, my behavior reflects that which I am. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it again because I need us to get this. I need us to get this. I need us to get this. If I modify behavior, eventually what is really there is going to surface. This is why you could have had friends for years and then all of a sudden you're like, what happened to them? Well, what happened to them is they just became who they really were the whole time. You just didn't understand that what they had been doing was painting fruit. And so really you got hoodwinked, bamboozled, and sold a bill of goods because they didn't change. They just really revealed who they were the whole time. I wish. So now when we look at the word and we look at this understanding of identity and identity theft, Please understand, it is important that you know who you are because when you know who you are, it'll be much easier to change what you do. Let, let, let me give you an example. 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 If, if, if somebody told you, I'm just going to use a name, and, and this is just a name just because it's a name you'd be familiar with. If somebody told you you were one of Donald Trump's kids, now I'm not, I'm not making a point or, okay, you hate and love or whatever. I'm not saying anything about that. You would act different. Then Tyrone, nothing against Tyrone. Then, uh, you know what? I'm a, I, I know I'm gonna use. I'm gonna use. I know 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 I'm gonna use. I'm gonna use. I, I know I'm gonna use. No, I ain't gonna use tomorrow. You know I'm gonna use. I'm gonna use. Uh, 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 then, uh, then the Jenkins of two two seven. Mary and what was uh, Lester? Some of y'all know about two two seven. Who knows about something? Now, 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 Lester was trying to get his business going. He was trying to get some things going, you know, but, but, you know, you know, they had some struggles, different things. 
Now, now, everybody familiar with Donald Trump, right? Because that's why I use the name. Now, I, I'm, I'm not trying to make any per points other than this. If you knew you were his child, you would act differently than Brenda Jenkins. Okay, nobody going to say nothing? Not because there's necessarily anything wrong with Brenda Jenkins. It's just that Brenda Jenkins is in a different class <laughs> than if you were his child. You're not hearing me. So since your daddy is the king of kings and the lord of lords and the alpha and the omega, it changes how I act because I am somebody different. So, Bishop, what is the point you're trying to prove? The point I'm trying to prove is that most of the issues we deal with are identity issues. So, my question is, who are you? Who are you? I didn't ask you where you grew up. I didn't ask you the mistakes you made. I asked you who you are. And that's a tough question because most people would pause before they answer because they don't know. Which is why they make the same mistakes in life over and over and over again because they keep modifying behavior, but they never get a glimpse of identity. If I get a glimpse of identity, behavior modifies automatically. The cat knows they don't bark, so you know what it does? It purrs back and it meow. But a, but a dog knows they don't meow. A dog knows we bow, wow, wow, you pee, yo, you pee, yay. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So who are you? Who, who, who are you? Who are you? Look at his name and say, who are you? Don't tell him your name. That's a name. That's to, that's to identify what is contained in a package. This is an iPad. It's to identify what's in the package. The name isn't who it is. The name is simply to make clear what's in the package. But are you getting the point? Touch your name and say, who are you? Okay, because, because if you don't, can't answer that question in life, you're going to spend a lot of your time experimenting. Most people live life by trial and error, experiment. Throw stuff on the wall and sip and sticks. But when you know that you know that you know who you are, It's not by experimentation, it's by design. And when you know, watch this, I feel it here. And when you know who you are, come here, Joseph. Joseph's name meant the Lord continually increases. So when you know who you are, you don't really trip about the hell you have to go through because you realize the hell you have to go through came with the package of who you are. You're not hearing what I'm saying. There's some stuff that you're just going to have to go through because it comes with the package of who you are. And when you know who you are, other people will look at the hell you go through and say, I don't know how you're doing it. And you'll look at them and say, you know what? I don't know either. It's just the grace of God that's on my life. I've been graced to get through it because. I've had your neighbors say, I'm graced to handle what I handle. I'm. Other people would lose their mind if they had to deal with some of the problems you've had to deal with. But baby, you're graced to do it. The anointing flows on you. God's favor goes before you. Goodness and mercy are following you all the days of your life. Watch this. Look at the name and say, who are you? Here it is. Here it is. 
Because cause, cause, cause some of us, we shout, but, but we still can't answer the question, though. Or you know what? Church people like to say stuff like this. You just got to know who you are in Christ. And you know my counter to that is what does that mean? Well, you just got to know. I said, see, that's your problem. You know how to speak Christian talk, but you don't know how to have Christian walk because all you got is some cliches and some rhetoric. So when I present the word of God, when I present the word of God, I try to present it in a way so that, so that you can actually take it out and walk it out and it's practical. Because you just going out there saying some Christian sayings ain't going to deal with your everyday stuff. Now look at that neighbor again and say, who are you? Okay, here it is. I'm going to tell you how to answer that question. Who you are is found in your values. What do you stand for? What do you believe? That's who you are. What do you stand for and what do you believe? That's who you are. What do you stand for and what do you believe? That's who you are. Did you get that? If you're not about something, you're not about anything. The root of bad decisions in life are unknown values. I'm going to say that again. The root of bad decisions in life are unknown values. People will get, you know, 99% of what people, well, I'm going to say 99, 93% of the things. The issues that people have where they have to discuss the issues and they, and they talk to me about their issues, 93% of those issues are relationship issues, whether it's friendships or d- dating relationships or marriage or whatever. Um, and, and it's so interesting. It's, it's so interesting because since there's a lack of known values, decisions are made relationally that are made from a place of misidentification. So when you think you're a chicken... Your surroundings will reflect that which you think you are. See, let me tell you how you know there's something great about you. You know there's something great about you because even when you didn't have very much to do with it, you took the little that you had and made the best out of it. So maybe you didn't have, maybe your kids were all sitting in one room, four kids in a room, but that room was spotless and that room had it all together and everything was laid out and everything was organized because you said to yourself, it's not always going to be like this. It's not always going to... That was a reflection that who you were was greater than what you were in. But, but if you don't know who you are, you, 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 will, you, will, you will make bad decisions because you've misidentified who you are. So, so if you think you're a chicken, you surround yourself with chickens. You know what we do to them? We kill them and we eat them. Now, I only eat the ones that are not genetically modified because a chicken with a breast as big as my hand, I don't know where she's from. I don't know where that chicken is from. That ain't, no, I did, it's supposed to be about the palm mutt. Anything bigger than that? Mm-mm. I don't know what y'all put in that chicken. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? But if you think you're an eagle, You don't mind flying by yourself. So when your past calls you and you think you're a little lonely, you oh no, I, I'm because eagles know how to fly by themselves. Chickens need crowds. 
You've heard this saying, if you won't stand for something, finish it. That's why I'm glad I passed a church where values matter. Somebody say values matter. Because my question is, who are you? But, 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 but I want to introduce it uh, to a macro level for us and say, who are we? Who are we? What, what, makes, what makes Harvest any different than, than ABC Church? I mean, we generally, most churches generally are talking about Jesus, generally speaking. Generally speaking. So, 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 so what makes us, us, our values? You, you, ever, you ever been around somebody who, who just didn't get it? Whatever it is. And, and did you get angry at him when I met first? But as you mature, you don't get angry. As you mature, you have sorrow. You have compassion. Because as you mature, you look and say, but I must consider the pedigree and the values from which this individual comes from. So while it's confounding to me that they don't get it, I understand that they don't get it because their values. To them, being late is okay, but to me, it's just like committing a sin because of different values. To them, not keeping their word is okay, but to me, I just don't do that because they're different values. Okay, to them not coming to church is okay, but to me, that's what I do because they're different values. God is not part of my life. God is my life. He's the reason I get up. He's the reason I... To them not serving in church is okay, but to me, serving is a way of life because we have different values. I've had somebody say values matter. See, so let me help the single folk. Please understand, once you understand up front that the values don't match, that's your answer. Once you understand up front that the values don't match, there ain't nothing else to pray about. God has already answered you. He answered you when you figured out this ain't a fit. The values don't match. You sitting up here praying, well, Lord, the Lord then already showed you. He showed you this is not congruent. This is not a fit because the values don't match. And you'll spend your whole life trying to turn somebody else into what they are not simply because you won't take the first answer. Y'all don't like this. Now, they should have said amen because now I'm going to dig. You spend your whole life trying to change folk. When if you just look at their values, you can figure out what you're dealing with. This is what you're trying to say. People don't change. You know what? I'm, I'm not going to go there. Because God can change people. Listen to what I said. God can change people. But the only way people change is when their values do. That's the only way people change. Got it? That's why people can get real excited and real happy. And then all of a sudden, you'll be, just be up and down, up and down. You're like, how do you do, how do, you do that? Because, because, because what, what, what you're doing is you're trying to paint an apple. Versus let the inner values be changed. And you can only paint fruit for so long. It's quiet in here. I tell you, it started hailing and thundering in here, and y'all. 
in Colorado, y'all just, are you still here? Look at your neighbor and say, who are you? Look at somebody and say, who are you? No, I said, y'all, Genesis 11, where we were, is often taught from the negative aspect. It's often taught from the negative aspect that God, he came down and he confused their languages. The tower was named Babel because that's where the Lord confused their languages, which eventually became Babylon, which means confusion. So it's often taught from this negative aspect, but I want to present it to you from a different angle. Somebody say a different angle. Listen, there's the power in this text that's often missed. The scripture says they had one language and one speech or one way of saying things. Language and speaks are expressions of culture and culture is an expression of identity. Say it again. Language and speech are expressions of culture and culture is the expression of identity. So let, let me help you. Some of y'all got friends. Now, I, you know, if they sit next to you, just look at me. But if they're not here, laugh and you can do whatever you want to do. But some of y'all got friends that, that their value system is such that the way they talk is cuss. Now, just if they in here, just. But, but if they're not here, that's okay because they, they can't see you. So but you know what I'm talking about. Some of you, you're, 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 okay, nobody, okay, y'all start laughing with them. Where their way of communicating is just every other word is cuss. So it's good morning, cuss. Where you gonna cuss, go get something to eat, cuss. And then you're like, hey, you're doing a lot of cussing. And they're like, what? You're missing it. Their language and speech are expressions of the culture. Their culture is an expression of their identity. Their identities are based on their values. So to them, that's just conversation. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Some people's version of communication is anger. So some people's version of communication is ambiguity. They specialize in not communicating what they communicate. You don't beat about like that? Okay, okay, so y'all ain't saying nothing. So see, if y'all would say, man, I could move on. Y'all are the ones that keep making me, see, I could already be halfway through the message. So, so watch this. So, 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 so a person who specializes in not communicating what they communicate is somebody that communicates through emotion. You're supposed to feel what they want to say. So when they come in, when they come in the house, <sighs> well, what's wrong with the dough? <laughs> okay, everything all right with you? Oh, I'm fine. Which is code for Ask me again so I can get mad about you. Ask me again, but I really want you to ask me again. What's wrong? I said it doesn't matter. I'm fine. I hope they say it again. But what you don't understand is their language and their speech are expressions of their culture. Culture is an expression of identity, and identity is a reflection of their values. Their value system says the way to communicate is to be ambiguous and confusing as possible. So you're trying to talk to them and you might, you better off talking to this pulpit. It's going to be more responsive. Okay. 
I, I, I. The scripture says they had one language and one speech. They had one way of saying things. So in Genesis 11, they had one identity, one set, stay with me, of core values. Mm-hmm. Core values, Harvest, are non-negotiable principles. Say non-negotiable. non-negotiable. See, if you're a negotiator, and it's not a value, it's an idea. Whatever you will negotiate on is not a value, it's an idea. So if you negotiate on excellence, that's not a value of yours, it's an idea. If you negotiate on people, see, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something about me. Loyalty is big to me. And, and I know it, it's not real popular in the 21st century. I know disloyalty is the new loyal. <laughs> but to me, loyalty means everything to me. To me, talk is cheap. I'm, I'm, I'm so talked out. I, I don't even, I, you know, I just, you know, you might, you speak to me in tongues or something. I just, I feel, you know, I, talk doesn't mean, mean anything to me. Actions mean things to me. Because talk is cheap. Because it doesn't require anything to back it up when there's no values behind it. This is why people will make great and lofty confessions of their allegiances. But, the, but, but, but then when those, those lofty confessions get tested because there was no values behind the confession... It was an idea, not a value. So loyalty is real big to me. Lo- loyalty is real big to me. And, and, I'm, and I'm that kind of friend. Let me tell you something. When Bishop Foreman is, is other preachers and stuff, and other pastors and bishops, when I'm their friend, I'm their friend. I'm like Chucky. I'm your friend to the end. <laughs> Hidely, deedly, holy, or whatever the little thing said. Heidi ho, that's what it is. I'm your friend to the end. You can take it to the bank. Listen, I'll help you lie to them. Tell me the truth, though. Now, I'm being, I'm being facetious, church. I'm just saying, that's the level. Anybody like that in here, loyal like that? I, I'm that level of loyalty. L- listen, I'm that level of loyalty. I'm that level of loyalty. Listen, now, you may do some stupid stuff, and I may sit there, and t- that's the most dumb, stupid thing. Now, let's go fix it. Now, you're going to hear what I got to say, but then let's go fix it. That's just the way I'm built. Now, I realize that disloyal is the new loyal, Okay. But that doesn't work for me. So loyalty is a big thing for me. So, so, so loyalty, watch this, is a non-negotiable principle I have to have for people I interact with. It's a non-negotiable. And disloyalty is I don't do disloyalty. I just don't do it. I just don't do it. Anybody that can be bought and sold at cheap, I want to sell them. Sell, sell, sell. Okay, I was, just say amen because I got something I want to say. Don't, be, don't y'all say, come on, say it, Bishop. No, 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 no. Core values. Say core values. These are non-negotiable principles that define who you are and why you are that way. Got it? Now, here's what the next thing they said in Genesis 11. I'm halfway through. Let us make a name for ourselves. Listen, there's nothing wrong with wanting to be great. But if your greatness isn't for God's glory, it's worthless. See, some people, the only reason they want to succeed is so they can look at somebody in their past and say, how you like me now? Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't use that as a motivator, but at some point it has to become embedded into who you are. Because watch this, some of you are trying to prove stuff to people that are dead. You're trying to prove stuff to people that aren't even watching, people that don't even live around, people that ain't even keeping up with you, and you're trying to prove stuff to them. It's, it's quiet in here. 
Yeah, okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Say, I must be great for God's glory. Which means, watch this, if you're a teacher, do it for God's glory. If you're a school teacher, be, do it for God's glory. If you're an educator, do it for God's glory. If you play basketball, do it for God's glory. If you're a checkout clerk at the Wally World, do it for God's glory. If you're a checkout clerk at the Kroger's, do it for God's glory. If you work in the produce section at the Piggly Wiggly, do it for God's glory. And you better have that produce, the nicest looking produce section out of all of the network in the nation because, baby, God created you to be great, but he created you to be great for his glory. I've had somebody say, I am to be great. But now watch this. Jesus told us how to be great. He said, the greatest among you would be the servant. But greatness without purpose is just vanity. People that just want to have money just to have money, for, for, for what? Scripture says this, he gives seed to the sower. Which tells us two things in that small little phrase. If you have no seed, it's because he doesn't think you're a sower. So the lack of seed is the answer to another question. I heard one say it again. I'll do it for free. He gives seed to the sower. Second Corinthians 9.10. Look at it. Read it with me. One, two, ready, read. Stop. And bread for food. Read the next part. Okay, good. Now, now look. Now, may he who does, does what? Supplies seed to the sower. So, who supplies the seed? He. Who's he? God. Who's he give it to? Sowers. Which means if you have no seed, he doesn't think you're a sower. So, if you want more seed, start being a sower, and he'll give you more seed. So, the way out of debt is you got to give your way out of your debt. The way out of your mess is not to hold on to what you have. It's to give what you have because he gives seed to the sower. And I think I got a few witnesses in here that when you trust him with your finances, won't he make a way somehow? Won't he give you favor that you... A lady came to me last week, or this past, this past weekend, she came to me. Uh, the week prior, we had Bishop right here. He was talking about, of course, he, he asked for the $214 seat. And, uh, and, and the lady came forward, and she said, she said, Bishop, I want you to know, she said, I gave the $214 seat. And she said, uh, that was my public service money. I think I told her this on Sunday, or told somebody something Sunday night. Dream team. And, and she said, and she said, that was my public service money. She said, but I was obedient and I sold the seed. And she said, the next day I, or, uh, I got a call for a job and I start that job tomorrow. Amen. He supplies seed to the sower. Okay. Now, Bishop, what does that have to do with, with, with this? Because, because watch this. There, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be great as long as for God's glory. And the point I was making, which got us to Second Corinthians 9, the point I was making is, is that anything that we're doing, we should do it well, we should do it with excellence, and we should do it for God's glory. So just having money for the sake of having money, what's the purpose? Because if you're just going to be a reservoir, what do we need you for? But if you're going to be a river where God can flow things through you, to where when I get up and say, we open a new campus in Kalamazoo, uh, there you go. That's all you need. That's what the church need. Boom. Whoop that is. 
When I say, I'm sick of homelessness, I want to go build everybody a house, you can just, here it is. Boop. What else you need? Not killing chickens and having fish burials to supply what you're supposed to give. Okay, let's move on, let's move on, let's move on. Then the scripture says this, indeed, the people are one and they have one language and this is what they begin to do. Now, nothing that they propose to do will be withheld for them. Look, look at me, Harvest. They got God's attention and he was convinced that nothing would be impossible for them. Imagine this. We often talk about trusting God, but imagine being trusted by God to where you get his attention to where he says, I don't care what comes against them. They just won't stop. You got to be the kind of Christian to where when heaven looks at you, they say, I don't know what it is about them, but they just won't give up. And every time the going gets tough, the tough keep on going and they just won't stop. You got to be the kind of Christian that when you wake up, Satan and all the hell says, don't go to him. They got up again. The book says... Now, nothing they propose to do will be withheld from them. You need to understand the gravity of that sentence because it's coming from Elohim. It's coming from El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one. It is coming from Emmanuel, God with us. It is coming from Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider. It is coming from Tetragrammaton, the name. It's coming from him. And he says nothing they want to do will be withheld from them. That means the people in Genesis 11 must have been a real bad people. And bad here, I mean in a good way. Touch your neighbor, say, who's bad? Who's bad? <laughs> but since they built it without God, he was intent at destroying it. If you're doing something without God, do not think it's going to outlast the storms of life. Only what's anchored to and done for God's will lasts. Somebody say values matter. So who are we harvest? What are our values? What makes us who we are? Somebody say values matter. Now, I want to inform some, but I want to remind others. We have core values as a church, and I encourage you to look at these core values and begin to build these because they're biblical. They're right out of the Bible. And begin to build these as values of who you are as an individual because, say, they're non-negotiable. There's, there ought to be some things in life that you don't negotiate over. There's an old saying in business, you don't get what you pay for, you get what you negotiate. You've never ever gotten what you've paid for, you've gotten what you've negotiated. Now, for those of you who like to try to use those tactics in our bookstore and cafe, they don't work there. That's a non-negotiation zone. No, I, I need to say that because one time I said that and somebody came to me and said, well, now, Bishop, you say it. I said, right, but I didn't mean for the, that's the church to support with the churches. So let me just be clear. Don't, you can't use it there. There else you go, you can use that. Now, now, say core values. These are not just some arbitrary list of rules and religious rhetoric. Values determine culture and these guide us and they're non-negotiable as we aggressively pursue our mission to change lives by leading people to totally... Here's the first harvest. I'm reminding some, but I'm informing others. And for those of you who think, oh, I know this, I know this, I know this, please, please don't miss it because you think you know it. You can't fill a cup that thinks it's full. Amen. Here it is, value number one. It says, we are united under our visionary. Say that with me. We are united under our 
Harvest is built on the progressive vision that God has given our bishop. We will aggressively defend our family-like unity and his vision. We are one people doing something great for God. Where we get that one people thing from? Genesis 11. I want God to look down at our church and say, what are they doing? Nothing that they propose to do will be with that. And since we're doing it for his glory, we don't have to worry about it. This isn't Bishop and the Pips. This is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. What's this? Psalm, say we are united under our visionary. Psalm 133, it says this, verse 1. Behold how good and pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head running down the beard, the beard of Aaron running on the edge of his garments. It's like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing life forevermore. Here's one what you see. Where there's unity, God commands a blessing. You need to understand that. Where there is unity, God himself opens his mouth and commands there to be a blessing there. See, see watch this. Watch this. Let me, let me show you this. I've taught you this before. Even in your own body, in your own life, when you have unity in all three parts of you, the Lord commands a blessing. This is what he means in all three parts. You are a spirit. That's the real you that possesses a soul, which is your mind, thoughts, will, and emotion. But you live in a physical body. You see how there are three parts to you? Now watch this. When all three of those parts get in unity, the scripture says God himself commands there to be a blessing. What is the blessing? It's an empowerment to prosper, to do well, and to be made whole. Which means God says the reason some stuff hasn't happened is because two-thirds won't do. They used to have a song in the old church that said 99 and a half just won't do. Uh, God says, I need all three parts of you. See, your spirit is willing, but you ain't yet learned how to check that flesh. And so I need you to learn how to tell that flesh, no, we ain't doing that. No, we're not doing no. And when you get all three parts together in unity, the Bible says God commands there to be an empowerment. And when there's a command and empowerment, even you can't block it. That's why there was a time in scripture where they were saying, listen, they were telling one of the rulers, you need to stop this. And the ruler said, listen, if this is of God, no man can stop it. There's some stuff God says I want to do in your life that no man can stop it, including you. But now watch. Harvest, there's one visionary here. And no one else. We don't have no assistant pastors. Because I don't want you to get no assistant visions. Two visions means there's two sets of eyes. Two sets of eyes means two heads. Two heads is a monster. And a monster should never be listened to. It should be looked at. Let me say this, Harvest. Don't attach yourself to the people that assist the visionary. Attach yourself to the visionary it's the voice of the man of God you were called to not those that aid the man of God are you hearing what I'm saying the only reason you even get the ability to have that attachment is because the house put them in place I'll say it again because the church folk got to be told twice don't attach yourself to the people that assist or aid the visionary. It's the voice of the man of God you were called to. 
Sometimes in church, they have these things called church splits. And the reason they have things called church splits is because people attach themselves to the people that assist the divisionary, not the visionary. And so somebody would say, oh, well, you know, I just feel, no, 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 what you feel is an error. You're an error. Well, that's what you, you, you need to come up out of that. Come out, come out of that. Uh, you attach yourself to the visionary. It's the voice of the man of God you're called to. So if on Sunday morning we had uh, country, Billy, Billy uh, what's some, Garth Brooks, and, and, and what's the other one? Billy Ray Cyrus and Aki Breaking Heart. I used to always get it mixed up. I would say that Garth sang Aki Breaking Heart, but I found out it's Billy Ray, right? Okay, good. <laughs> Now, now watch this. If we had, and I'm not saying we're going to do that. I'm just making a point. If we had country music coming in, you don't say, well, I just don't know. You don't know what? Evidently, the house said, put Billy Ray on the stage. So if the house said, put Billy Ray on the stage, Billy Ray is what we're saying. So boot, scoot, and boogie, and Whatever. Are y'all hear what I'm saying? You got to understand that the scripture says, I, can I preach for just a moment? The scripture says, watch this, sheep know the voice of their shepherd, which means it was the voice of the man of God coming through this microphone God called you to. It's not a building. It's not some singers. It's not some people. And it's not leaders. Sometimes we may have to change them out. So don't you attach yourself to the people that aid the visionary. You attach yourself to the visionary. I know you did. That's why I told you. Do you understand this? If this, okay, I'm going to tell you a story offline. Remind me to tell you a story, but I can't say it while this is on the tape. I'm going to tell you a story. It's going to be, but I can't say it, this, and I can't do it, but I'm going to tell you once the camera's on. And they stop recording me in the back. <laughs> now, 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 so we are united under our what? Visionary. And just in case you don't know who that is, that's me, okay? All right? All right. Cool. Number two, we are committed to being 100%. Read the next part with me. We are? 100% different, 100% free, 100% favorite, 100% loving, 100% blessed, and 100% excellent. Say we are 100%. 100%. Okay, here's the deal. I've already talked about me a little bit. I'm Loa, and, and, and the way I work, and I, and I like people who, who or have any remote proximity to me have to be this way too, um, because I'm very much so an all or nothing kind of guy. And, and most things, I won't speak in an absolute. I'll just say most things. So, so you know, I won't speak in an absolute, you know, um, you know, because I did have one of those genetically altered chicken breasts the other day, and so... See, I was being absolutes because I was hungry. I was saying, I got to eat, so. <laughs> I don't know what farm they got this one from, but I got to eat, so. Here's the point. Here's the point. Here's the point. A hundred percent is very important to me because you cannot build on a person who's committed to non-commitment. It's a waste of an investment. See, some of you, you've invested in people, and that's why you got bitterness problems with people, because you've invested in people, and they weren't really 100% in. They had an exit strategy for you. Okay. All right, let's, let's move on. So, so Colossians 3.23 says, and whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. Heartily there just means do it with 100%. 
So Dream Team, we serve with 100%. Harvesters, we do the things we do and we invite people to church and all that with what? 100%. Amen. Okay? Could you imagine if I, if I came to church on Sunday, I was like, uh, everybody, y'all ready? Come on, everybody. Ooh, we're going to get the series. Elevate, elevate. Come on. And all that. And it came up. Good morning, Harvest. Amen, 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 amen. You see, when church, when preachers start saying a lot of Christian stuff because they don't know what to say, amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Ho, ho, ho. Glory, 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 glory. Amen, amen, amen. We thank God. We certainly do. We thank God. Amen. We give him praise. Amen. Aren't you glad he woke you up this morning and started you on your way? Amen. 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 Hallelujah. We thank God. Amen. <laughs> Are you going to say something? The Lord knows you thank him. Now you said it 10 times. Okay. If I came up and just like, hey, listen, y'all, I was busy last week. So, you know, I was busy. So I ain't got nothing to preach. Amen. <laughs> we thank God. <laughs> Now, listen, y'all like, no, we love you, but listen, listen, don't, don't, don't play with me. Uh, listen, you, no, he didn't come up and I went through all that traffic and did all, and he ain't got nothing to say. He better play a video. What? It's quiet in here. So what is the example you're using? I'm just using that as an example to say, watch this, I'm using an example to say that 100% comes from the pulpit. So that 100% has to come from every aspect of the church. And in your life, if you got people who don't give 100%, I think you should evaluate the placement you give those people. Because watch this, the deficit of percentage you have to deduct from yours. So that's why some of you are always tired and you ain't really done nothing to be tired. You're tired because you've been drained. You've been drained because you're trying to fill up the percentage they won't give. They ain't saying nothing today. Trace, we are all about people. These are our what? Core values. This is who we are. We're all about people. People matter to God and they matter to us. Jesus told us to go in the world and make disciples. Disciples means disciplined students. So we unapologetically celebrate the decisions for Christ we see and the harvesters that are actively serving in the dream team and the lives that God changes through harvest. We unapologi unapologetically celebrate that number. And y'all have seen, even if that number was one, we shouted and celebrated like that number was 15. Or like that number was 20 or 50 or 100 or 150 or 200. You know why? Because we're all about people. People matter. As a pastor, this is one of the things I've had to discipline myself in as it relates to ensuring that, that, that because I like people. I love people. You got it? Now, some, 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 some pastors, some pastors, they like crowds, they don't like people. One of my favorite times is when I get the opportunity to interact with the congregation and the vestibule, all this kind of thing. That's one of my favorite times because I actually like people. Now, I've had to realize over the years that I have to put appropriate, uh, uh, you know, things and, and so this all that you understand that just you know and all that um uh so make sure that that, that time is, is is properly properly vested as it relates to time but but we're all about people harvest people matter and all people matter here 
Black people matter here. White people matter here. Hispanic people matter here. Asian people matter here. Tall people matter here. Not so tall people here. People uh, matter here. People who are getting ready to have knee surgery to become taller matter here. <laughs> Whoever those persons might be. I'm just joking. Are you getting what I'm saying? Look at your neighbor. Say, you matter. On your journey up, don't step on all the other people because you think they don't matter. Can, can I tell you something? You know the most difficult part of life? People. The most important part of life? People. You know how you eat? How, how do you eat? How many people you work, you work for a corporation or a business? You work, or you work for something? Okay. So what are the rest of See, this is the problem with the Denver economy. How many of you work and for a company or a corporation or something like this? Okay, great. Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Uh, those people that buy your product and consume your goods, that's how you have that outfit on. So why are you sitting there? You need to understand the way you drove here today is because those people paid for it. Now, it's just the economy. It's just the way the world works. But somebody say we're all about people. So people matter. Number four, I like this one. Say it with me. They'll put it up for you. Here it is. In order to rescue our region, both of them. With the gospel of Jesus Christ, we can't think small nor try to make sanctimonious religious people feel comfortable. We set big goal, take bold steps of, bold steps of faith, and watch God move. Uh, look, sanctimonious people are people who, who, who are ve- they're very much so religious in the sense that they're very pious. They like religiosity. They say all the religious things. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. They say all the religious things. But, they're, but, but in them being sanctimonious, what they have become is nothing more than religious spewers of dogma because they have lost their love. They love their law more than they love. So they love putting other people down and you ain't this and you're this and you're this and you're that. See, watch this. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Be careful when, when, you, when you, you see, watch this. I'm just, let, me, let me clean it. Let me clean it. Uh, shh, let me clean it. Listen, just because you've made a little bit more progress than somebody else, don't now think that that means you get to go judge and push other people down. Because let me tell you what you're setting yourself up for, a fall. I've seen people get really, really excited about Jesus and get really, really judgmental of other people. And then when they make a mistake, they fall and they fall hard because they can't believe they're in the mess they judged other people for being in. Because they... So look at the neighbor and say, worry about you. Pray for me. So sanctimonious people, they don't want to do, oh, there's a, there's a spirit on that person. Well, if you saw spiritual, pray for them. If you're that spiritual, it should have left when you came, which means you ain't got as much power as you think you do if it didn't leave when you came. Okay, all right. Okay, let's, let's move on. Okay, number five, cinco. We are kingdom church. Now, when, when I talk kingdom to, to different people, it's interesting uh, around the country because a lot of pe- people have um, not a good understanding of the kingdom. Kingdom is heaven's attributes on earth. It is God's modus operandi, his MO. It's how God does things. Say, that's the kingdom. 
Okay, now watch this. We believe God didn't create us to be average. Say, I'm not average. See, so if you believe that, then your life then reflects that. So that means even if you go, watch this, because let me say, if I had this, I, I would be more excellent. No, you wouldn't. You'd be what you are. Some people say, if I just had more money, life would be better. No, you wouldn't. You'd do the same thing you do with the current money that you do have. It's quiet in here. Okay, so watch this. Say, I'm not average. But created us to be kings and priests, furthering his influence in the seven areas societies of business, family, arts and entertainment, spirituality, media, education, and government. You're already in one of those seven spheres. And God says, I didn't put you there just so you can sit up and be a closet Christian. I put you there so everybody up there knows you go to Harvest. Everybody sees your V. Everybody sees your bracelet. Everybody knows. Oh, here they come talking about their church. Here they come. You start going right here. I come talking about it. I wasn't sitting here just to get no paycheck. I was sitting here to turn this place upside down for God's glory. And if you don't like what I got to say about Oh my God, and what I got to say about my church, you lead a conversation. It's amazing because well, I don't want to fit nobody. What? Fourth Wednesday. What? A third, whatever it is. You don't want to fit nobody? That's funny because if your boss said, I'm going to give you promotion, but you got to go fire the whole team. Let's see how much you care about offending people then. <laughs> hey, y'all. Hey, hey, hey. Back then, you didn't like me. Now, I'm out to y'all about. Hey, listen. All y'all got to go. God bless you. We praying for you. HarvestCC.me forward slash prayer. We praying for you. All right. God bless you. Now, where my new office at? You wouldn't care about offending them then. If that lady left the onion off of your burger when you went through and you told them extra onions, you sure don't care about turning on. Oh, nah. For a $1.20 burger, you don't care about offending nobody. So how dare you sit there and be quiet about the God that has saved you and the God that has raised you. And... Talking about you don't want to offend nobody. Get offended all day long. You don't mind offending that person at the phone company when they charge overcharge you $15 for data. You sure ain't got no problems. Oh, I can't believe this. No, put the manager on the phone. You don't care about offending nobody then. So don't give me that. I don't want to be offended. I don't want to offend nobody. I just go to work and be quiet and leave. And that's why God says, and that's why those of you complaining about it, God says, and I'm leaving you there until you do what I sent you there to do. You can complain about it all you want. God said, pass a test. Touch your neighbor and say, I'm not ashamed of my God. Can't be ashamed of him. After all he's done for you, you can't be ashamed of him. Don't be ashamed of your church. This was the same church that pulled you out of that pit, the same church that loved you when you were unlovable. Don't be ashamed. It's disingenuous to come up and tell Bishop, I just love you so much. I just love the church so much. Who are you invited? Because it's disingenuous. Disingenuous, you know what that means? That's a real nice word for an untruth. I'm trying to not be offensive. It's a lie. Okay, watch this. 
Now, Revelation 1.6 teaches that. We're not going to flip there because I'm, I'm almost out of time. We, we, uh, God created us to be kings and priests. You, you know what that means? God says you're supposed to run some stuff. In other words, God says there's a leader that's in you. That's developed by being a good follower first. The best leaders are first the best followers. People who cannot be trusted to follow instructions should never be trusted to give them. Okay. It's, it's, whew, all right. Uh, uh, cinco, seis. Say it with me. We believe that the Bible teaches us to give honor to God, to our bishop, to our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. I've taught on honor a lot because honor is something that really is missing in our culture today. It's, it's really, really missing. And, and, and so what happens, <clears throat> I encourage you to get the teachings. I've done teaching called Honorology. I've done a ton of other ones in series. But I encourage you to get that because watch this. Dishonor is the gateway to a negative season. However, honor is the gateway to a very fruitful and productive and favorable one. In, in the scripture, people, watch this, people experienced great favor or great hell predicated upon who they honored. An entire island of non-believers honored Paul so everybody got healed. They weren't Christians and he healed them. Which means honor is so powerful it transcends protocol. Because the protocol should be that since they weren't Christians, they shouldn't have been able to be healed. But because they honored the man of God, Paul, the scripture says that the whole island of non-believers got healed. Well, now, wait a minute. How is healing the children's bread, but non-children got the healing? Because the non-children knew how to honor while the children didn't know how to honor. So the non-children got what the kids should have got. That's why the Samaritan woman, she said, she, uh, Jesus said, this bread is not for you. Or excuse me, they said the bread is not for you. And she says, but even the dogs get the crumbs. Yeah. Romans 13, 7 says this. Render, therefore, to all their due. Taxes to whom taxes are due. Customs to whom customs are due. Fear or reverence to whom reverence is due. Honor to whom honor is due. So there I thought on this before. There are certain people, circumstances, situations that are due honor. It's very baffling to me um, when, when, when people, uh, if you look in corporate settings, when people have this attitude of their superiors as if they're doing their superiors a favor, forgetting that they get a check to do it. You know, you, you seen that in corporate world, in corporate America, where people do that, and it's like, you know, that, you know, and I, you know, I was like, man, you know, it's, it's like, hold your horses. You're getting paid. And regardless of whether what you equivocate uh, or uh, uh, make the equivalency as it relates to uh, the value and this and that, listen, point is, is you're getting paid. But what's the point you're making? It, it, is that our culture has been set up now to where dishonor is the new honor. But that's not scriptural. That's not biblical. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? No, 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 no. Watch this. Say we honor God. We honor, God. We honor our leader. We honor and we honor one another. Honor Look at your neighbor and say, I honor, you. I honor you. Honor in its simplest form just means respect. Simply just means respect. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. 
See? So we got two songs going, U-N-I-T-Y and R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Some of y'all are like, what is he talking about? <laughs> okay? Look at him and say, I respect you. Look at the other one and say, I respect you. Okay? That's countercultural. So this culture says somebody step on your foot. It's like transformers. Do, 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 do. I gotta move. Says <laughs> uh, siete. Yes, any good? <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> we thank God. Uh, number seven. We are community transformers, Harvest. The way I measure effectiveness is this: is if the thing was to never exist, would it matter that it existed in the first place? Can I ask you a real sobering question that's going to help you rise to what God's called you to be? If you were to die, would it even matter that you were born? And I'm not talking about them kids you had made. Mm -mm. The Lord was going to get them here with or without you. I'm not talking about that. I, I, I'm not talking about the bills you've accrued. Would it even matter that you were born? What's better about the world? What's better about this community? What's better about this region? Because you were born. Now, I'm not saying that as, as a negative. I'm saying that as a challenge to rise up to be what God's ordained for you to be. You weren't created to just perpetuate the status quo. Say, I am a community transformer. Here it is. We understand that it's not about us, but about reaching people. We don't accept the status quo in our region. Many people in our region are unchurched or dechurched, and we are committed to changing that. We aren't just about having church. We want to be the church in a tangible way. They understood this in the scriptures. In the book of Acts, there was a man named Philip. And uh, as Philip was there, he, he went out. And Philip, you know, interesting because you look at his name. Y'all know I like to go to the Hebrew and Greek so we understand what things really mean. Philip's name just means lover of horses. So it's like, well, there's nothing we can really deduct and deduce from there. But Philip goes out and he preaches the gospel to a city in Acts. And when he does that, the scripture says that the entire city is filled with great joy. The entire city, y'all, the Bible implies, gets saved and has joy. You want to know, Philip wasn't one of the apostles. Philip was sent out by, one of the, by the apostles to do work. See, you got to understand, you coming here so that you can be trained up to go infiltrate out there. Does that make sense? Philip wasn't an apostle. Philip wasn't a bishop. He wasn't a reverend. He was Uncle Phil. Got it? Scripture says in the book of Acts, they had favor with all people. Say favor. favor. With all people. Here's how we measure our effectiveness, Harvest. If we were to no longer exist, would it matter that we ever did? And the answer to that question every day has to be yes. The answer to that question for your life has to be yes. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Say, I am a community transformer. I am a world changer. I am a history maker. 
And you might be saying, well, Bishop, but, 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 but I don't have a pulpit. No, what you have is a job. That's where you can infiltrate. But Bishop, but Bishop, but Bishop, I can't do this. I can't do this. But you can sow your seed, which empowers the church to do it. You're not hearing what I'm saying. So for every garment of clothing that you've given that, uh, that clothed the thousands last year and for everything you gave that fed thousands last year, God says it made a difference. I wish you'd have five somebody say it makes a difference. It makes, it makes a difference. Okay, number eight. We're going to shout over eight, number eight, nine, ten. You ready? Number eight. Say it with me. One, two, ready? Say it. You know, people say, think outside the box. I got a question. Who put the box there? Where's the box from? You know where the box is from? Past failures. That's where the box comes from. The box comes from failures from yesteryear. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? So at Harvest, we don't believe there is a box. I got to move quickly. Uh, we don't believe that we can win our regions using A-Track ministry while we're living in an iPod world. We will be intentionally creative and innovative. Our limits are what the Bible gives us and no others. Some may disagree, but they cannot argue with the fruit of changed lives. We will not cater to personal preferences in pursuit of our mission. But Bishop, I don't like the music that loud. Sit in the back. It's still loud. Put in some earplugs. It's still loud. Sit in the vestibule. It's quiet in here. Bishop, it's dark in here. Well, where are them other glasses? <laughs> Amen. Amen. Bishop, how come you don't use a regular Bible and you use the iPad? I don't need you to be worried about nothing I'm doing. Up all over here, all of this. I got that. You do you. <laughs> Let the man of God be the man of God. <laughs> it's quiet in this church. Y'all, Jesus was very creative. Jesus was the master innovator. He walked on water to preach a message about faith. He's like, I want to have a faith message today. I'm going to go in the middle of the sea. And then he, he put on some special lighting effects. He was like, ghost mode. <laughs> and all of a sudden, he's walking on water. And then Peter and all the guys, they're looking at the boat. They're looking at the boat. They're afraid because they think it's a ghost. <laughs> they cry out, Lord, is that you? Bid me come. Jesus is like, this is going to be a great message. Come. <laughs> Peter starts walking. And Jesus is like, he tells the people in the, in the control room. He tells them, now turn up the wind. <laughs> Because he's preaching a message on faith, y'all. He, he's like, turn up the wind, turn up the wind, turn up the wind. Move the waves, move the waves. I need y'all to move them waves. Them waves ain't high enough. Move the waves. Are you getting what I'm saying? Jesus was creative. He was the master innovator. Watch this. He made mud pies to heal eyes. He said, I want to heal some eyes. Why didn't he just say, open? Well, because first off, if Jesus said open, everything that could have opened would have opened. Eyes would have opened, the earth would have opened, the river would have, everything that could have opened would have opened. That's why when he called Lazarus, come forth, he said, Lazarus, come forth. Because if he just said, come forth, everybody in their grave would have got up. 
This is Wednesday. So I can give you a little more, right? So, 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 but, the, but, but watch this. But watch this. Jesus said, I want, I, I, want to, I want to use some creative. I want to show you that I can take mud to prove a point. I can take mud and make a message. I can take dirty stuff and make it clean up stuff. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. But what I'm trying to tell you is Jesus can take the mud you might feel like you're in in life and he'll use that to transform and change your life. I don't care how bad it looks. I don't care how rough it looks, baby. If God be for you, who can be against you? When Jesus shows up on the scene, anything's liable to happen. What's this? What's this? We, we, we. We, we believe we can't get caught up as if we had this or if we had that or if we had this. We're going to innovate with what we have. For eight years now, we've been innovating with what we've had. Yeah, you hear what I'm saying? Sure, it would have been nice if this and that and this and that. Guess what? That ain't the hand we were dealt. So rather than sitting up complaining, wishing we had somebody else's hand, you got to play your hand. Can I help you be happy with your life? Stop comparing it to other folks' life who were dealt a different hand. You sit there and say, oh, so-and-so looks so happy. Mm-hmm. Listen, listen, stop, stop, stop. You'll be real happy with what you have when you stop comparing what you have to what other people have. You were fine with your car until somebody pulled up next to you with something new, and now you're like, well, I just don't know. You were fine with your hairdo, ladies, until somebody else pulled up next to you and and now you're at the store putting hair on layaway because you're trying to You got hair on layaway. How you? I guess Kmart or something. Come to pay five dollars on my. Listen, if, let, let me talk to the ladies. I'm gonna talk to the fellas in a minute. If you, ladies, if you don't have about this much hair, celebrate that this much you have. Maybe, you, maybe, maybe the hand you were dealt wasn't the shape that you see in the magazine. So rather than sitting there saying, oh, God, oh, God, just be happy with what you were dealt. Fellas, maybe you weren't dealt the six-pack. Maybe you were dealt uh, the cube. And if you were dealt the cube, play the cube well. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? Stop sitting up mad about life because you wishing you were dealt something else. Now, what you can change, change. What you can't change, all right. How fast somebody say, what you can change, change. What you can't, be happy with it. Okay, I got to move because we are not going to a second compact disc. Number nine. Number nine, we got two more. So these are core values. Say core values. Okay, all right, number nine. So, so in your life, who told you there's a box? See, I encourage you to use these and apply these to your life. Take as many of them you want. Use them for your life. If you want to revise them, if you're going to cut, they're copyrighted, so copy them right. So if you, so if you want to say, I am known, value number nine, put it up. You can say, I am known for what I'm for. Put your name. Amen. Sheila is known for what she's for. Ronald is known for what he's for. Lil Lo is known for what he's for. <laughs> Lil Lo. Number nine, Harvest, we are known for what we are for. We will speak vision and life of our people and over the people of our region. We will lift up the good news rather than using our platform to condemn anyone. 
That's a good place to shout. Let me tell you who should be shouting. If you got some issues, you should be shouting. Because isn't it good to come to a place where I can come with my issues and not be beat up? I can come with my issues and get hope. I can come with my issues and get a plan from the man called Jesus. Listen. In John chapter 8, there's a story about how, gee, i got to move quick. In John chapter 8, there's a story about how they found this woman in the act of adultery. And I've taught her before because it's interesting. How did they find her in the act of adultery? How did you find her in the act? How did you find her in the act? Peculiar statement. That was their words. We found this woman in the very act of adultery. The very act. Do you understand what the very act implies? She wasn't texting to get into the act. She was in the act. Caught in. And when they said her in the midst. And so, and so Jesus is like, Jesus, they, said, they said, the Torah says, Moses says, we should stone her to death. What say you? Jesus is like, back up. Pete, Pete. We take modern translation, blue coats. <laughs> Back up. Now, just, just slow your roll. Watch this. Jesus kneels down. And as he kneels down on the floor, he begins to draw. It's interesting because the scripture doesn't explicitly say what he begins to draw. But eventually, the story gets to the point where as Jesus is going, the Bible says that everybody from the oldest to the youngest starts leaving. Now, why the oldest to the youngest? I believe because the oldest said he had the most dirt. So he was like, oh, no, he ain't finna, no. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Love God, love people, love love. I ain't got nothing to say. I don't have nothing to say. I don't think nothing. In other words, Jesus was saying, before you stone her, take that rock and hit yourself upside the head. Before we send them to hell, before you judge them, worry about you. High five your neighbor say, worry about yourself. Are you still here? I said, are you still here? And this is so important for us to understand because it's very difficult to handle your business if you're in everybody else's. And as a church, we're committed to being known for what we're for. You talk to the average person and you ask if they don't know anything about Jesus, don't know anything about church. One of the first things you hear them say, well, Christians are so judgmental. Now, some people just saying that just to justify their own rebellion. But others are saying it because the image they have of Christians is that Christians are always trying to beat people up, tell people what they're not. Yet they're not the thing they're trying to tell the others that they're not. As a church, that doesn't mean we change the truth. The truth is the truth. We're not changing the truth so that you feel good about what this, that, or the other. The truth is the truth. But watch this. Jesus said, but love them. Which means sometimes you've got to love the Hades out of people. Yeah, Hades is the Greek word for hell. Sometimes you've got to just love. Touch your neighbor and say, just love it. Just love. Sometimes you just got to love it out of people. Let me tell you something. Let me prove it to you. Out of all you've done wrong. Jesus still love. If you've never done anything wrong, that doesn't mean anything. But I got both of my hands up, both of my feet up. After everything I've done, he still says, I love you. He still 
says, I want you. He still says, I won't give up on you. So if Jesus won't do it, neither can we. Number 10, we are committed to making disciples and developing leaders. The word teaches us that God's people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So to counteract that destruction, we believe that we must not only inspire, but inform and educate believers from the womb to the tomb. You know the way I like to say it? From when you have no teeth to when you have no teeth. We are committed to making disciples and developing leaders to advance our mission. Paul tells his spiritual son, uh, Timothy, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, he says, Commit these sayings to faithful men so that they can teach others also. Hear me, Harvest, and this is where we shout. We're raising up an army of leaders in our church. We're raising up an army of world changers in our church. We're raising up an army of history makers in our church. We're raising up an, uh, an army of boundary breakers in our church. We're raising up an army of lifters in our church. And I need to tell somebody, you can't sit in that seat forever. At some point, you're going to have to step into value number 10. You can't sit on your blessed assurance forever. You can't sit on your seat of do nothing forever. At some point, you're going to have to join the army, baby. At some point, you're going to have to step into value number 10. God says, I saved you, and I saved you so you can save them. I healed you so you can heal them. I brought you back from death so you could bring them back to death. And I'm out of time. Stand on your feet. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R-10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app? Over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. To those who visit Mickey D's for their favorite breakfast item and then go somewhere else for coffee, give this Mickey D's brew a second chance. The glow up was real. Try any size iced coffee brewed with 100% Arabica beans for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with a savory sausage McMuffin with egg for $2.79. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.